Hey, what's up, my people? Happy Christmas to you all. Welcome to what may be the final show of 2020 and what a crazy year it's been, but also what a following we have. So thank you all for listening and thank you to all the guests that have come on and shared their stories. And huge appreciation also goes out to producer Ryan and media manager Skylar. None of this would have been possible without you. But now the sentimental stuff's out the way. It's business as usual. And it's kickback underscore Nadem on Instagram and on Twitter. Be sure to hit subscribe if you haven't done so already. And I know it's not a Christmas themed one, but the kickback playlist is fire and links to it can be found in the show notes. But now it's time to introduce today's guest. He's the current vice captain of Liverpool Football Club and has the most appearances of any active player in the Premier League. Which isn't too bad really, is it? So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy my conversation with my former teammate, James Milner. Here he is, James Milner. How are you, son? Good, you? Oh, I'm good, mate. Yeah, I'm very good, mate. Very, very good. It's good to see you. Good. I'm here, long time. Yeah, for real. Your face is looking a bit rough, though. I thought you might have cleaned that off by now. Nah, I only shave before games, so... Ah, uh, okay. But you usually have a game every three days or whatever, don't you? Or is it two? Exactly, so I'm normally fresh. But... <laughs> so, how long have you got, then? You've got till what time? I can give you an hour from now. Oh, oh that's the stuff I love to hear, mate. The stuff I love to hear. And just I'm not going to push it to an hour that. and one minute, yeah? Only because it's you. Oh, I appreciate it. If you want to leave me a little six-year-old shivering outside in dark, then... Listen, they're fine. They need to adapt, mate. They need to adapt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready, then, yeah? Yeah, good night. All right, so to begin with, so we've got James Milner on the line. I was looking on Wikipedia, transfer market, all that stuff, and I saw some pretty naughty numbers, to be fair. So I'm seeing 750-something league games, nearly 100 goals, 61 cats for England, three Premier Leagues, a Champions League, a League Cup, a Super Cup, a Club World Cup. Is that right? Uh, it sounds about right, yeah. This, that's that's not too bad to be fair, mate. That's not too bad, all things considered. You happy with that? Yeah, I think it's one of them. You don't really look. Want to just keep going? It's one of them. After I think when someone reels it off, like you just done that. Uh, um, yeah, it's not too bad. Um, <laughs> not too bad. Um, but like I say, when you're still going and you're still in it, you just want more, don't you? And yeah. The standards are that you win trophies every year. So that's if you rest on your laurels and think about what's gone. Obviously, you're gonna. Yeah. sort of not hitting the targets you need to going forward okay so just so you know then the, the whole point of me on this podcast now is to try and draw you out from your answers you'd give yeah. to like liverpool media yeah that's what that's what i'm going to try and do okay i want you to be yes. yourself all right just see if you can do all it right. all right yeah. so first things first then doing my research so as a kid then because you joined the academy when you were 10 but as a kid did you actually enjoy cricket more than football or was it always about football um, nah, yeah, it, it was always football, really. Cricket was, you know, in the summer where there was no football on, the pitches were bone hard, and yeah. you go over and play football, and goalposts had been taken down, so you put jumpers down, and you're diving around and nearly breaking your knee on, on the <laughs> concrete floor, because it was that hard. Yeah. Um, so it was cricket, it was just, I'll give it a go, and started playing that when I was nine, I think, there was a cricket club right across the road. So I started playing cricket and I, I really enjoyed it, to be fair. It started off as just something to do without the football, when the football went on. But then from that point, I uh, loved it. Still love it now, miss it. Miss it? Seriously? Um, yeah, I do miss it. When you, when you when you see it and, you know, seeing Hattie bowling yeah, down at Spurs the other yeah. day and stuff. And, 
yeah, we used to we used to um, play a bit when we had as well and stuff. So yeah, and, and obviously GB's retired now, uh, mm. Gaz Barish. So he's been playing a bit um, with wow. some of his mates in Birmingham. Yeah, and he's done all right. He's told me he's averaging thirty odd. So really, okay. that, they, we had a golf trip um, a bit ago, and they were talking about the games and the stories and stuff. And it takes you back to when you played. Yeah, I, I, I did really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. just the TQ one. You know, I was the wicket keeper behind the stumps. So I'd be giving people an air full behind the stumps and maybe getting angry because that was a men's team so they'd be like who's this little <laughs> shit bag behind us so, um, yeah yeah that's, not, that's, definitely, them, you know, that's definitely on brand for you my friend but anyway so you joined the um, actually, let's talk about the, the Joe thing I think when I watched that video of Joe bowling one thing about it is I know how seriously he would have been taking that moment it's like that looked like a really exciting time for him you know what I mean yeah like, I, I, I seen him the other day and he, he was uh, saying he enjoys bowling at uh, um, Harry Kane because he's half decent I think some of the lads he's got to tone it down because he's, he's <laughs> too easy so I think so he's like steaming in it uh, yeah, but... steaming in at him and I reckon that was edited that video as well you I think? know when he's playing a miss and I know he's getting in his grill and like face to face and giving him a bit you know what heart is like 100%, you know, that's happening, so. 100%. Yeah. So, so I'm pretty sure that video was edited for uh, purposes yeah. to be shown so you joined the academy then of the team you support at the age of 10 and like people say they like this new Leeds that's in the Premier League right now but they kind of forget that Leeds was slash is a powerhouse in English football you know what I mean and like you were there was that when they were in the Champions League semi-final were you coming through at that point or was that just before you yeah that was the year before I made my debut yeah that's not so you did you you were a fan season ticket holder you were a ball boy did as I say, did the season tickets. So when you joined the club then at ten, was it a case of like this is the only thing you want to just play for this team? Or was it something else that was that was catching your attention? Do you know what? I never even thought about playing football professionally until Everton rang. Everton rang up and said, We want to give you a trial and it never even crossed my mind at like nine, ten years old to be a footballer, which is weird. Yeah. But that's the way I remember it. It was never like, Oh, I'm desperate to be a footballer and obviously from that point it's like, Yeah, I need to be a footballer but then was meant to go on trial to Everton and um, the trial game got called off for snow around Christmas time uh-huh. and then never heard anything again. And then um, that was just before Christmas, I think, and then Leeds got in contact around February time, went for a trial there um, and that was it really. And then obviously from that point, um, you're training three times a week, playing on a Sunday and you're desperate to, to make it from that point. Yeah. So how did you feel then as a fan when you got to within touching distance of actually being in a first team lineup and stuff like that. Were you excited? Were you nervous? Like, how did it feel to you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we were ball boying and things like that to get used to it. And those Champions League nights and you see them, it's like, you're in front of the crowd, you know, when you're ball boying. Yeah. It does help, I think. Obviously, the side, you feel a bit more closer to being yeah. part of it and you get used to the crowd and, you know, that soaking night, you absolutely bounce it down AC Milan at home and Dida <laughs> yeah. dropped it and it went through. Went through legs last minute, and mm-hmm. you're celebrating in front of fans as if you've scored the goal. And yeah. that made me mad. I remember, and uh, yeah, I mean, you remember that. And then the next season, I was in the reses, and I got in the squad a few times for the first ta- first team. And we played Everton at Ellen Road, and Rooney scored mm. a goal. He'd scored Arsenal, then he scored at Ellen Road. And Steve McGregor was sat next to me, and he was a fitness coach, and he was like, "I can see you're desperate to be involved." I just sat behind the bench, and there's obviously only five subs then, and things like that, and then it just got closer and you're just desperate to be involved. And then obviously um, 
got on the bench and then and, and got on and it went from there really. you know I remember playing against you I think it was after you'd already made your debut for Leeds and as we were heading there in the reserves they were saying oh is this prospect this Milner guy he's been playing he's this he's that and whatever and that was my actually debut for the reserves and I don't want to remind you as it might be a bit too soon still but I beat you that day so yeah I'm, I just want to say, put on record and say, I'm, I'm sorry if I affected your uh, development or anything like that. <laughs> but then, it but, set me back a bit, I think, yeah. Yeah, but then the downside for me, though, I think that was the last time I beat you, which was a good <laughs> 19 years ago. And that's for anything. So, yeah, I think I probably should let you win that one. But say then, when you, were, um, when you did finally make it into the first team, what were your ambitions? Was it a plan to just try and stay there or was it just to try and play games at the highest level? I mean, it just happened so fast, really, I think. You know, I got sent home from an under-19 tour in the pre-season, didn't really understand why, and it was like, oh, you're going to play a lot of games this year, didn't really know what they had in store for me. Played the reses, a couple of games, then I was training with the first team, and then, um, like I say, I was travelling a bit, and you just want to get involved. Mm-hmm. I was meant to be involved in a Euro- European game, and I wasn't allowed to play because I was too young, because the UEFA rules said uh, I wasn't allowed to play. Okay. And first I knew anything of it, my mum like, was coming home from work and seeing on newspaper... Milner too young to play for Leeds or something like that. It was like it, it was all like didn't really know what was happening, and then got in the first team, played. Um, come on at West Ham, we were cruising the game. Thought definitely going to get on here. I think it was four, uh, three nil up. Then it was four one, four two. I thought, oh maybe not. Four three, <laughs> we're away at Upton Park. Yeah. It took me on, didn't it? So I was like, gone on. Lee Bowie's passed me. I've tried to give it back first time in the middle of our half. Passed it straight to Di Canio. Gone through, edge of box, put it over at bar, and you're like, oh, no. and uh, he was joking after the game. He was like, "Did you have a bet on four all you?" So that was that was welcome. But at that point, it was just like, yeah, just just keep going. Just it happened so fast, doesn't it? So get involved, stay involved. Little twenty minutes here and there, and then the big turning point was probably we played Spurs away after three or four games. I'd come off the bench. And Venables pulled me in his office before training, day before a game. He's like, you're not travelling, you're not wrong, we just don't want to give you too much. So he went out, so I was like, all right, bit of sporting, fair enough. Gone out to train, one of the boys got injured. Travelling. Travelled, <laughs> not on the bench. Someone gets injured in the warm-up. Wow, okay. You're on the bench. Come on, set up a goal. And then from that point, I was just always involved. And then, you know, scored a couple of goals around Christmas time. And then it was just from there. And you don't, like, again, you were saying about those numbers, you don't realise... Till now, you look back, you think how young I actually was. You see the yeah. old, the old videos, how big the shirts were, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. hanging off. There's no like you were yeah. a bit bigger than me. You could yes. fill them, Joe. Like, it was just ridiculous, <laughs> wasn't it? If there's a strong wind, you'd be getting blown no, away. You're so, not wrong. You're not yeah, wrong. you look back now and you think I was doing my GCSEs like four months, five months before that. It's a bit mad, yeah. Yeah, but, that's, that's crazy. It's crazy. And to consider then that you were, you were, you are, or you were a Leeds fan. Are you still a Leeds fan? Yeah, yeah, of course I am. Yeah, it's different to how you are when you're not playing yeah. and you're growing up. Obviously, yeah. you're playing for different teams. I've played against them a few times, so you're always looking out for the results and you want them to do well. I found it stranger this year because they're in the same league. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So obviously, other years you've wanted them to win every single game, and there's some good. The start obviously a good team, so it's like, hang on a minute, how, <laughs> how well are they going to do this year? They're very good. So. Yeah, um, Obviously, I'd like him to finish second behind us. That's 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 obviously the dream, and at this moment, <laughs> there's a safe answer. But anyway, um, <laughs> like you talked about all those games you played, and from that age, like how did you manage to stay grounded when you're playing for such a big team at that age? Did it probably help the fact that you're a northerner, or, or was it just a, just a standard thing? Yeah, I think uh, mum and dad 
uh, now they brought me up and, and the people around you won't let you get ahead of yourself anyway even if you did um, you know what it was like it was brutal but then the dressing rooms like right. the younger boys how easy they have it now it's ridiculous and yeah. you know I'm sure it annoys you as much as it annoys me some of the, <laughs> the, the, how they get treated as if yeah. they've won a World Cup already and they just stroll in so uh, that's an, that's another thing altogether. But even the, the first team ain't going to let that happen. You know, my mm-hmm. seventeenth birthday, Scunthorpe away, and your track is getting cut up. Your trainers and yeah. old ball boys from Scunthorpe are stood outside, and they think this is guy's just scored two goals in Premier League. Why is he walking out like <laughs> cut trainers all cut up? Like he's homeless. Yeah. Track is cut off. Yeah, kit man can sure. have another kit. Tra- Tracksuit, nah. Yeah, exactly. And you help him with the skips and that. So I'm slapping past him five times with skips with all my gear cut up, and mm-hmm. it was like. Uh, the, the the senior pros of um, the media team was good. They kept me away from interviews and stuff uh, mm. for a few months until it settled down. Um, but you know the senior pros were, were great, and they won't let you get ahead of yourself anyway. But you, it was it was one of those environments you didn't really speak unless you were spoken to, did exactly you? Right, yeah. um, uh, where's Millet? Do the teas and and make the resi games. You make your own pre-match on bus, won't you? So you're doing lasagnas for mm-hmm. lads and that. And this is not enough. Go do it again. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's a different world now. now. Huh? It's a different world now. Yeah, ridiculous. But moving on. Remember, let's talk about the twenty under twenty-one days for a bit. Yeah. So. I remember back then you were like the football equivalent of like a perfect student. Yeah. But for me, I liked it because it showed that you were reliable. You're ready to go. Like we used to have to do those urine tests and so on. And the joke was that like you were basically just pouring water into your thing because it was so clear every, every morning. <laughs> but to be fair though, like that was at a time which was tricky because as a bunch of young people, People couldn't decide whether they liked it or disliked it. You know, the concept of busy or whatever. Like, is this guy being really keen? Is he this? Is he that? But say for me, like, I personally tried to be like you. I couldn't match it, but I tried to be like you. And, like, the emphasis, as I say, is on tried. But looking back, it's interesting because a lot of the people who mocked you about it, they've come nowhere near having the career that you've had. You get what I mean? And I don't want you to go and just, like, dunk on them straight away. But if you want to dunk on them, please dunk on them. No, I mean... No, do it, do it, say it, say it, say F my haters from back then, just say it. It it doesn't interest me that, because it's like, everyone makes their own decisions, don't they? And if people think it's busy or whatever, and you think back now and you think, it's the cool guys, it was the same at Leeds, we had a core core of players from from Ireland and things like that, and uh, busyness and all this stuff, and it's like, well like you say what what's happened and that's the reason and like do you want to be the cool guy who's in with it and you do this and that or do you want to be a footballer and yeah like how many players have we seen since who have unbelievable ability and yeah. not the right attitude or mm-hmm. not making the sacrifices to do it and like every each to their own like some some lads have the ability and the way i see it some lads have the ability and no attitude and that can keep get you to the top ability alone but mm-hmm. i don't think it'll keep you there for yeah. a long time yeah, it's true. Um, very, very true. But it is it's football. It's the same in any walk of life. Busyness, it's it's a, it's a bad phrase. It's perce- it's- that's subjective. That's subjective. It's not necessarily busy because one thing that stuck out to me is from when you were doing that in the 21s days, then when I was at City, when you came in and they were trying to go for the title, there were more people like you than there were otherwise. So that busyness in quotation marks was actually professionalism. You know what I mean? And when you start to yeah. see that, it's like, wow. I, th- I think like you look at you look now at Liverpool and 
every single player is in the gym before training at least half an hour at least and there's boys in maybe an hour but doing their own programs with each in, that you've got a few spot scientists now help them and do this but every single player is doing what they need to do whether you've got you've had a few ankle injuries or you need you've got to manage that or hammies whatever and that's not boys we're doing a we're in the gym at half yeah. half now before training, and we're doing a pre act. That's every single. They could be sat on the phones in the in the gym in the dressing room. Yeah. But every player's doing it. Yeah, that's the culture. So, that's the culture within your space, which is probably another big reason why it's successful. Yeah, but I also think it's moved on as well. And I think, like you say, they were trying to get into us then the right standards, drinking and mm-hmm. educating us and stuff like that. And some players are just like, well, it's just football. But yeah. I think football has come on like you think, like the nutritionist and now the psychologist, which was never anywhere near it. Mm-hmm. I think so. Now that level's moved on that before then you might have had five, ten percent of players doing it. Then it's got 20, 30, mm-hmm. 40. And now you've got majority. And like I say, I'm presuming it's like that all the way through football. <laughs> but I've been very lucky as the oh. players I've been playing with. Let me let me let me tell you about my expertise on the on the matter, mate. It's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's good. It's good at the top. It's good at the top. But I will say there are a lot of people elsewhere who believe that they they've made it and they only need to do the bare minimum because you know they can do a step over. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna name names, but they know. They, are. <laughs> <laughs> they know. Who they, they are. know exactly who they are. But yeah, so carry on about the twenty ones for a bit. Then, do you remember the difference in mentality between the people in the north and the south? Oh, um, you, I remember the North always used to beat the South in North East South games. Of course, yeah, of course. Even it was comfortable, so that says a lot about the mentality, I suppose. Exactly, and with the you do need the mix in a team in general. Mm-hmm. I know if I had to choose one or the other, I'm obviously going to be biased and say the North mentality, the grit, determination, yeah. gets stuck in, which is a stereotype because obviously there's. But mix it comes from somewhere, though. It comes from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and it is a stereotype, but it comes from somewhere. So there's no smoke without fire, yes. but. Um, yeah, I think you need that mix, though. You need that flair. You need that confidence. You need that arrogance. I'm the best mm-hmm. as, as well, and those characters in your team. But if you, you know five sides, if you've got a team of strikers against a team of defenders, you know who's winning. Yeah, hundred percent. Even, even if you like shots everywhere as defenders, you're gonna find a way to grind it out. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And see with the Southerners as well. Like you kind of hinted at this, but I remember when I first came into the squads, like they love talking about cars and like how they've made it and what they're spending their money on all this. And I was thinking, I'm in a flipping VW Polo here back home. I'm like, I need to just stay quiet. You know what I mean? <laughs> to be fair, though, I remember my first day at Newcastle. So, I mean, you can't get much more north than that. And I was driving a Ford Focus, just been signed for, what was it, five million or whatever. Gone up there first day and there's a few BMs in there. I've seen some guy getting out of a BMW and I'm like, who's this guy? Like, my knowledge must be shocking. I don't have a clue it was. And it was like youth team players and the bowling around in BMWs. And I'm... Yeah, like Prem and I'm turning up in a Ford Focus so yes that's different yeah I think I, I think like you say it's cultures from clubs and you know different clubs are dad in place you can only wear black boots and you can only do this drive this car and that car and it's, it's the same now and I suppose obviously players are getting big wages and they're lucky at the time uh, at youth and you've seen enough players drop out of it and it's how do you get that lesson across that because what 
it was same with us. I was no way you're not going to make it yeah. in your head. And yeah, yeah. I'll do my schoolwork first. My parents always said that. You know, the odds are, are low of making it. But in my head, there's no way I'm not going to make it here as a football. And that'll be the same for every player. Yeah. yeah so sure. why would you worry about five years' time when you could be working in an office and, and mm. dropped out of football? So it's hard getting that across without not knocking confidence, but giving them a real realism to say, look how good this guy was. And, but until you've gone through that, it's like everybody in it, I suppose, you wish you knew. Yeah. Not what you know now. You wish you knew it 15 years ago or whatever. So. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So speaking of 21s again, like you ended, I think it was four or six appearances you made for the 21s, yeah? Yeah. Did you feel frustrated at that time about how many games you were actually playing there without stepping up or was it something you just accepted? Nah, very frustrated. Especially even, even more so now when you see him players play four games in Premier League and get capped at... Is it four games or it, two now? I thought it was lower well, than that. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, it if you're a prospect less. on like football yeah, manager or whatever. Yeah, it depends what club you're at, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah well... It depends what club you're at. But yeah, that it, that was, I mean, I made my England debut 2009, so that was seven years of Premier League football. Yeah. Um, and it frustrated me because it always seemed when I was playing well enough and there was a chance to go in the seniors, if it was between me and another player, because I could play 21s and sit me in the 21s and then put the older player mm-hmm. in the squad. I mean, it sums it up when Percy was a coach at seniors and I made my debut and I was warming up and he... He said, quick, get your gear off before he changes his mind when I was told I was going on. <laughs> See, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to pull, I need to pull up here. Like, so I, I played games for Stuart Pearce, but some of the stuff I hear and some of the stuff I saw myself, this is wild. If I, if I heard this as an older player, I'd be kicking off. But like back then, I bet you said nothing and just carried on, didn't you? Well, literally, we're, we're at uh, the Amsterdam Arena, Holland away. I'd, I'd been in a couple of England squads before that, but not played. I think ventured to Kazakhstan away and, and was in the stand. <laughs> that was a, that was a good that, that was a good trip for bowling next to next to China for European qualifying. Like, I don't know how that works, but anyway, yeah. So schlep out to Kazakhstan, not on squad, and a couple of others, and then finally on the bench, friendly, we're losing two 0 to Holland. And yeah, I'm warming up and get pulled down. He says, "Quick, get your kit off before he changes his mind." And that's what he said to me before I went on. Oh, and managed to get smashed words. in Ed, smashed in Ed, winning ball to um, assist J, JD, and then we ended up drawing two all. So it was a pretty, pretty good debut, really. Yeah, inspirational wor- words from one of the greatest managers England has ever seen. But anyway, <clears throat> so it didn't matter anyway. So you played those forty nine game, forty six games, but you ended up making having sixty one caps so far for England. And if it was an omen, I think it was Pirlo had the second most amount of under-21s appearances or something. I think he had the same, you know. Did he? If I'm wrong, I think he had 46. Ah, so you and Pirlo are basically the same. Cool. Well, he's got slightly better technique than me, but yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. 21s. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) So, as I say, it didn't turn out to matter. You've played, as I say, 61 games so far for England, been to two World Cups and two Euros. Is that right? Two, two World Cups and two Euros. And that's not bad, considering also you've played for some of the biggest and most famous clubs in the country, Leeds United, Newcastle United, Aston Villa, Man City, Liverpool. Oh, and you've also, you also won PFA Young Player of the Year in 2010, was it? And... Uh, not, yeah, nine ten was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, some, for no. people that don't know who aren't really clued in, some previous winners include the likes of Rooney, Seth Fabregas, Ronaldo, if you've heard of them, I'm not sure. But, you know, that's just a regular... Just a regular day in the life for you, at. <laughs> well, I said, I said to Trent when he won it, I said, uh, look down that list, there's some good names on there, mate. <laughs> Just your mind was still on there. <laughs> Love that. You know, of all the places, um, of all the places you've, you've, 
played then, which fan base do you think has the biggest expectation of their players? Like in terms of they are exceptionally tough on you and you have to earn the earn the right to be there. It's a good question, that. Um, I think every club. Um, Villa had seen me before. Obviously, I've been on loan, mm-hmm. so that was a bit different. City... Uh, probably a bit under the radar. It was quite a big fee, but you know they, they were spending a lot of money on a lot of different players, so mm-hmm. there was a lot more expected of other players than me, I suppose. Probably Liverpool, I'd say, just in terms of the history, the players that had Stevie mm-hmm. had obviously just retired, and some people were saying this is the guy who's going to replace Stevie G. Really, um, <laughs> the number of interviews I said where I was like, let's just forget that. Like, there is no replacing Steven Gerrard. It's impossible. You cannot do it. Yeah. But as a collective, you know, can can we move on and what he's built and helped build in, in his unbelievable career? But that was probably the hardest thing. And and coming in and. Um, you know, obviously the manager went pretty early as well, so that was probably the time make or break. It was Liverpool fans looking and saying, you know, Steve has just left. We've got this guy in. What's going on? So mm. having to really prove yourself there when you've had a pretty successful time at City, I could have stayed at City and had you know comfortable again, stayed there, and we were obviously a good team at City and gone on to win more. So that was probably a, um, a, a tough time where expectations were, I won't say high, but it was like. The the, the 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 demand was to do well, yeah, and you had to go in and do well. Okay, so which of those clubs do you think you played your best football? Um, I'd like to say I've had good spells at Mall. I think Newcastle and Leeds, obviously, breaking through and establishing myself as and learning your game and becoming a player and and going through ups and downs there off the field. A lot of manager changes and things like that. So built a lot of resilience there. I think in terms of dealing with. You know, court cases off field, managers getting sacked, yeah. And, yeah. and and things like that. Season tickets being launched on that field from <laughs> fans being angry, going through bad time and, and throwing at managers, stuff like that, and teammates fighting on the field. Just a regular, just a regular season. Through, you know, Steve, Stevie Taylor doing his uh, old handballs trick in the same game. Oh got away with gosh, murder. yeah, I remember that. that got away is... with absolute murder. Um, wow. So. Um, that was that but then I'd like to think I had good spells at all obviously moving into the centre at Villa and, and like you say one young player of the year and then City felt like I, I did well and every year sort of had to start again really they'd sign obviously new players every year and you have to then go and prove yourself again probably in one play start season the new signings come in and then you had to wait for your chance and say right look, go again and then obviously Liverpool um, again ups and downs there and change of positions and once I played left back obviously whether the manager in his head thought you know that's probably me being phased out or whatever and had to go and prove myself again in, in the midfield and fight for that spot in midfield again so it's football and it you know what it's like do you know um, how, how exactly do you feel about that tag versatile do you think it's a gift or a curse a bit of both I think um you know, you think like we talked about England briefly. You know, that's probably a frustration in my career how, how that went, and and never really getting a, a, a really good crack at whip there. Really, maybe in the middle where I've played my best football. I feel you look at the seasons where I've played every game in the middle. I won Young Player of the Year and, and moved, got in the England squad and moved to City, and then Liverpool a um, couple of years there, and you know, most assistant Champions League in a season. So. That's where I feel just like casually I just dropped it in. You just dropped it in like it's not. Well, I'm off the <laughs> Champions League. Well, that's, season, that's but, where yeah. I feel I've uh, had my best 
best seasons really um, in that midfield. So, but then on the other side, obviously there's times where maybe you get left out of the team and, and you're in the team or you're coming off the bench because you can play a few different positions. So, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I've learned to do that. I'd probably feel comfortable in every position on the field, mm-hmm. apart from centre half. I'd need a couple of games to get up to speed there, but you know, yeah, it, it's not hard, is it? So, uh. <laughs> listen, it's not. It's literally not. <laughs> if you, if you can, these one of those positions where if you can control the people around you, you can literally have a cigar and slippers on in, in the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you don't, oh my god, yeah, it's and it depends who you play against us. Oh, you can be hung out to dry oh, and one thing. I've seen some people on an island across the years mate and I think nah we need to stop this it's unacceptable (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I think I think there's been times where it's definitely hurt me and there's times where it's helped me so it's it's hard to say really so Um, it goes hand in hand now doesn't it like if ever there's anything James Mann or the utility player or whatever it's just it's standing it it's it's frustrating as well I think from me knowing you because I know that you can play those positions but when I know where your best position is you know, it's good to see you playing, but I'd rather see you somewhere else. You know, but obviously at times it's like that beggars can't be choosers at a point, isn't it? But it's one of them, isn't it? It's how you how you deal with it. Would you turn around and say, No, I'm not doing it and hand in a transfer request and leave and go play somewhere else or it's it's is the way I see it when you sign for a club, then you've committed yourself to them and, and the club and the team comes first and it's a boring crap answer but that that's the truth it's a team sport if you want to win individual accolades go play tennis or golf mm. which I'd love to have played golf but I'm not going to ask that but th- that's that's what it is isn't it and like when the manager comes to you and says can you do this the team does come first so if you don't want to do that that's your point you t- um, you know the position I'm in now and and obviously my contract I signed a new contract last year my decision was do I want to go and play somewhere and say do you know what no I'm sent mid every week or do I make the decision and say do you know what I'm fully committed to Liverpool whatever they ask me to do I've made this decision to sign this contract now and I want to stay so whatever they ask me to do mm-hmm. like I know this is the deal I, I, I do it and, and I get on with it and you have your favourite positions and feel you can contribute more to the team than others but that that's what where I am, and you know when you're at a club, you're absorbed, you're absorbed in that. You want that club to do as well as possible. You want to win trophies, and you know nothing else matters really. You know, um, so you you're considered one of the most, in quotation marks, underrated players in Premier League history, and whatever. But firstly, like, I don't know how you can be underrated when you play that many games because clearly you're rated because you've played a lot of games. Like, I think the, do you know what the least amount of games is you've played in a season if you take away your first season? <laughs> Every, what total games? Total games. If you disregard your first season, um, broke me foot on Newcastle from March, February. Was it? And didn't play again. So I'd say that season. Um, probably still say all competitions twenty. If if your Wikipedia is correct, I think it's thirty-eight games. Minimum. Minimum thirty-eight. Wow. Minimum. But you're <laughs> underrated. Minimum. How does that work? Yeah, I think it's it's you have different opinions. There, you have managers, you have coaches, you have teammates, you have opinions that are put out there. And if you get stuck in a tag in in general terms in football, you get stuck with it, no matter what that is, whether it's right or wrong. Really, a few people write, a few people read it, and then that's the common opinion, I suppose, isn't it? So, mm. um, yeah, it's, I, I don't it's, know. I'd like nonsense. to know how many miles there is on the clock. It's nonsense. To be, you can, it doesn't seem to make sense as a paradox to be underrated, but playing every week like that's not a thing. You know what I mean? 
But yeah, I don't think I think there's been plenty of times in my career where I've been frustrated and not played every game and had to fight my way back, like you say. And you know, it's like that's the one thing about football. It, it and the manager's opinion obviously matters more than anyone. And if he's not rating you, <laughs> you've got to try change that. But they pick the team. It's not like another sport, maybe where. Yeah, no, it's all on you. You play bad. You could be the best player every day in training, but if you're not getting picked, you can't do anything about that. Yeah, that's true. And to be honest, for me and lots of other people you've played with, I think it'd be fair to say that they want you in their team. Like, you might not be the most fashionable name or whatever, but I'd want you in my team. Not least of all, because if I was playing against you, I just couldn't physically or mentally be bothered seeing your face coming after me for 90 minutes. Like, that just, that's just not for me <laughs> well yeah I mean this, we were talking about this the other game this, I played six games up front for City when they had no players around Christmas time one time and it was like I think we averaged like four goals a game in those six and it wasn't me banging goals in every game obviously I got a couple but it was just literally wearing the centre half down I think like I say being no annoying time. I've got no time uh, for it so that was definitely a tactic <laughs> I've got no time for it whatsoever yeah which so um, after like being ratted and dragged out to wings do you it's not somewhere you're comfortable nah, just just keep me on this safe space over here just don't come near yeah. me right so which of your clubs then do you think suits your personality the most the one of all the ones that you've played ooh good question um, do you know what? I think I think most of them have fit me pretty well just because of you, you change, don't you? Obviously, yeah. I'm a lot different player and person I was from when I was at Leeds and, and Newcastle. You know, maybe, maybe Leeds when I was a bit old would have been good because, you know, the, the fans are fantastic. You know, how they react to big tackles and intensity and and you can get them going and stuff. And obviously, as a young 16-year-old, you're not going to do that. You sort of keep your head down a bit under the radar and, and maybe didn't enjoy it as much as you could at that time. You just focused on everything. Um, you know, like you say, playing for your hometown club and that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you just like keep going, keep going, head down, like learning the ropes, learning what it's about to be a footballer, start getting recognised, interviews... Um, relegation all these sorts of things manager changing so you're sort of learning the ropes I'd say that's the only one which maybe would have been nicer later in, in your sort of career to, yeah. to to really grab that bike scuff at neck if you like really okay and has there ever been a time in your career where you think you've struggled mentally yeah under our favourite manager at uh, Man City um <laughs> You gonna say his name, or do you want me to say it? Oh, like, you could say it if you want. Yeah. Wow. Um, people know. People who listen to my show know exactly. People who know. People, <laughs> people know. People. Um, know. Yeah. Yeah, under him. Um, just obviously when he brought me in, and then um, you know, obviously knew I wanted to play midfield and, and played well when I played. I'd get left out of team. I remember start one year broke my ribs and had six stitches in my head or something in, in a game broke two ribs and um, and the guys who parked the cars outside ploughed my car into a bollard so it was a really successful day that one <laughs> um, so that was that was that day and then we had a Champions League game I think on a Tuesday and couldn't move literally and he's come and gone mad saying why aren't you out there so I've tried to catch the group up the jogging at like one mile an hour in the warm up and yeah. the pain I, I couldn't do it that was the only game I missed two days after I broke my ribs after that I was in every game strappings injections Played, he played me every game for um, about six weeks, two months. Mm-hmm. And I was playing broken ribs, playing well, one player of the month. After that, left me out, never said a word. Just as my ribs got better. 
like six games didn't even get a sniff no explanation nothing and you're just like what what can I do and times other times you left out a team and you're training amazing and when you played you played well and it's just that frustration level like you say if the manager's picking the team what can you do do you know with him like as people who listen know one thing that blows my mind about him is how little closure he can actually give to players like he he would do things and be 100% with it like he wouldn't partially drop you he'd fully drop you or he'd be fully in on you, or he'd have a full issue about something. But for me, and maybe a few others, you never really knew what that was, because he never really wanted to speak to you about it. Do you know what I've thought? Um, since and had conversations with people and realised a bit, he was really, really superstitious, wasn't he? Is that what it was? And I think there's times where if you won a game or whatever, he'd keep the same team or bring the same subs on because of that. And the, the first like last minute goal couldn't goal and mm-hmm. he, he, the last few games of the season like one game I didn't come on and we won and he just kept doing it so I didn't, I didn't come on like for a few it was just like and, and that's what it was like when we went to Wembley and, and we played the semi-final and we either got lost or there was an accident and we had to go the long way to Wembley mm-hmm. we won so from the final we had to stay in the same hotel and take the same journey <laughs> to the so it took us like half an hour longer we got to the ground you know cup final soak it in Go out in your suits, yeah. read the program, and that. We're getting there fifty minutes before five, before kickoff, and we're like rushing to get his yeah. gear on. It's like he's not well, just superstitious because like the way we went. He's not well. He's not. And to be fair, now you said that, I need to try and figure out what I did, which affected him. I wonder if he just had a bad day one day when he saw my face around the corner and I said good morning to him or something. If he tripped up, he's seen you. He tripped over. You've come out corner. He's your first person who's seen you're banging trouble. Banging trouble, mate. Oh, mate, that's that's hilarious, but I can see it. I can see it. All right, one uh, thing I want to address then um, is this boring James Milner stuff, yeah? Mm. Like, does it or did it ever bother you? Or is it just something you've always pushed to the side? <sighs> Uh, it not really bothered me. There's there's some things which I think were funny, and then obviously as it's gone on, there's a lot of repet- repetition in there, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, that is literally boring now because it's like the same <laughs> sort of stuff. But people find it funny, then good luck to them. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it, I've read some and thought they've been really funny as well. So. Um, it, it, it was around the pre-season when it first came out and then there was like a boring Barry one which never really took off but that was the same and we were thinking is this someone at the club yeah. and, um, I think Meeks messaged him and, and asked who he was or whatever and that's why he follows Mika right. so Meek mm. says okay so it could be him but, he, he did it yeah it, well Meeks ain't got the banner for that has he oh okay, okay definitely ain't got the banner okay okay I respect it I respect it <laughs> it's funny as well because the boring James Miller stuff exists and some people have run with it even though they don't, as I say they don't know you but they decided this is who you are and it's funny because when I've spent time with you and we've done things after dark like you're up for some shenanigans I, I, like you've you've surprised me you've really surprised me <laughs> So you got sucked into it as well. Oh, well, I didn't fully get sucked into it, but I was I was like, I wonder what this is going to be like. I was like, whoa, this is not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, whoa, whoa, this, this, this. That's, that's, that is the thing as well, because I think people who know me, like, it's so far from, yeah. not saying I'm a hoot or anything, but, um, yeah, you know, obviously I'll get stuck in with a banner. Yeah. And I probably expect not saying out on the walk in after the sign for club and I'm abusing people left yeah. right and centre and stuff and it's like you know poor old Webster when we're at sea oh, started God, yeah. at that started fella. at the bed furthest away from the door and he gradually <laughs> closer and closer to the door and then ended up with 20, 21s didn't it, it was oh, like God. 
And I mean, that was ruthless, that dressing room. You had Nigel in there yeah. and, and um, Hearty, Jolian, uh, Vinny. Yeah. Pat V uh, loved a, a joke and uh, his, Pat used to crack me up when he was, we were talking about how swollen his knee was after a game. Like, <laughs> of course, that's because I keep my medals in there. He rang me the other day and I, he changed his number like he always does every, every week. Whatever. So I don't know, it was he texted me, he's like, this is the best player you've ever played with. <laughs> it was just typical Pat. So I sent him like someone back, like a ridiculous, I can't remember who it was I sent. Um, sent him back. He was like, "Who is this?" Was like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that so much. Um, right. So let's have let's have some fun, yeah. All right. I'm gonna give you some would you rather's and just some like loose questions. Okay. Answer as uh-huh. honestly as you can. Put away the playbook or whatever. Just go with it. Okay. So James Miller, the human. You gotta remember, being. I can get in trouble though as well. So nah, listen, you can get in trouble, but I don't put people in trouble. That's the beauty of it. All okay. Right. All right, Sam. So you got the chance then to score the greatest goal in history, or score an own goal in the final of the champ- of the Nations League. What would you rather? And you win the Nations League. You score an own goal and you win the Nations League. Um. Oh, so it's. Uh, mm. Well. Yeah, no, standard greatest goal ever. The Nations League is just nonsense, isn't it? Flipping it's it. complete you can, nonsense. Hey, you can still play as an international. You can't say that. You can't say it's, that. It's nonsense. All right, cool. Love that. Right, so after every goal you score from this point, if you had to do a dance and post it on social media or never score a goal again for your career? Oh, dance. You do definitely the dance and dance. post it, yeah? Yeah, definitely. It depends what the dance is, but yeah, getting a worm done or something like that, yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, right. Would you rather post a selfie every day on all your social media with no caption or wear your team shirt with your name on the back every day to leave the house? <sighs> It'd have to be the shirt, you know? Really? I'm not a selfie guy, am I? You know, I don't think... You know, like, when your phone goes on, like, it's literally never, ever been on selfie mode, I don't think. I don't yeah, think that's it knows true, how yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Right, so there's a... Right, this your family's safe, but there's a fight at your house, and you can only save one medal. So you reach out and you grab one. You grab one not knowing which one it is. As you grab it and you get out and you open up your hand to look at the medal, which one do you hope it is? Um, they're probably Prems because they're all three of them are together so it's easy oh, to get all three at once the humble brag look at him with the same face <laughs> <laughs> alright well you've grabbed one medal this time yeah again and you open your hand which one do you hope it isn't um, the one that we got from uh a pre-season tournament, probably. Okay. Or runners-up medal for a pre-season <laughs> tournament, I'd have thought, yeah. All right. Would you rather walk around Goodison Park in a Liverpool shirt or Old Trafford in a City one? Um, probably Everton, because when we did United uh, 6 at Old Trafford, that was sort of like, you're not really going to beat that, whereas Everton... Um, they always dig in against us and we haven't really given a good kick in at any point. So it'd probably okay. be a Liverpool shirt. All right. So this is this is to be walking around the stands, yeah? Okay. So would you rather be at St. Andrews in a Villa shirt or Stadium of Light in a Newcastle one? Uh, 
Um, <sighs> either or. Really? Don't mind. It's, yeah, just, it's, it's good to have a bit of bounce in it. Like I know you're risking getting filled in, but <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, you're better off. You'd, everyone would rather be getting abused, wouldn't they, than no fans at all, let's be honest. Like, yeah. if, if you said to me, we'll have full houses for the rest of the season, um, only away fans, I'd take that all day long yeah. than having nothing. Yeah, that's fair. Right then, so your social media account is going to get hacked and the two options... Someone's going to pretend that you're really arrogant or they've got to pretend that you're really insecure. And when I say, like, they're hacked, like, there's a tweet storm going out every hour, some statement. Would you rather be seen as to be really arrogant or, as I say, be really insecure? I'd, I'd probably say insecure. Um you know, arrogant sometimes it's funny if it's banter in it. You know, like obviously, like the the prem shout I just give there, it's a bit of banter in it. Yeah. So, like, if you can explain it away as banter, I'd say that. Um, I thought you were going to say something about tweeting a picture of a car then, but. Wow, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Friend of the show, let's protect him. Let's protect him. <laughs> let's protect him. Let's not say his name, but he's a friend of the show and he's been on. He's a f- big friend of the show. Big, big, big friend. Big, big, big Jolian. So, sorry, friend of the show. Jolian, I didn't say Jolian. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, he's the Jolie first Lesko. person I told I was going to be a father. I was like, Joel, what do I do? Like, yeah, sat this, next to me in dressing room. He's a, I love Joel. I love Joel. What that's a guy. A, that's a proper what fella. a guy. So, looking at your career so far, then, do you think you've lived up to your potential? <sighs> yes and no. Um, I think if you'd have said, like, um, what when I started, like, what would achieve then you you know I think you take it every day with you know how ruthless football is how difficult it is what can happen mm-hmm. you need luck um, and circumstances on your side but on the other hand you know sometimes I think you know what happens if I had played every single game in, in centre mid you know since since yeah. like we talked about the two seasons I had really where I played every game in the field and, and good things happened so that would be the only small thing but is what it is isn't it which um, squad or like dressing room basically likes you the most as a person? Yeah, yeah, none of them, yeah. None of Straight them? Straight out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd want me out of there double quick. They'll put a front on, but yeah, none of them, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, where? What would you say um, you've enjoyed the most so far about being a player? <sighs> uh, I think being part of a team, innit? I think yeah. that's what everyone says they miss when they leave and the banter and, you know, just going and seeing the boys every day and if you're having a bad day, you can take it out or, you know, mm. someone just abuses you straight away and you're on the back foot and you've got to, um, you know, it is a lot different now to when we started. So I've probably been lucky that you've, you've had the experience of that old school dressing room, ruthless, yeah. you know, tyres tires being taken off of cars and <laughs> things that you're like, as if that's happened, like yeah, yeah, that, sure. like yeah. now it just wouldn't happen. So um, having that, but it wasn't always nice as well. Yeah, you true. know, as a young lad mm-hmm. and stuff. So it, it's nice to. I feel lucky to have experienced both and and seeing the football evolve and and you know how well we're looked after now and things like that. And um, but I think it's the the lads. If you if you're lucky um, to have good people around you and are lucky to play in dressing rooms where I've had some great lads and and great fun and. You know how bad football is. Like you, you get really close to people, and then the next day someone leaves or yeah. something. You don't, you don't. And you know what men are like. 
because how much time you spend together and the ups and downs you go through yeah, and stuff it's sure. you, you do you get close to people so i take it then that that's probably going to miss the most when you retire and the only reason i ask about retirement is because you are due for your pension next month <laughs> i've just sent an email about it today <laughs> exactly you literally are due for it do you, yeah. you reckon that's what you'll miss the most then what the pension no not the pension the people <laughs> the team you know what i mean the, that that whole side of things I think obviously you don't know until you're there, do you? And uh, it depends what you do afterwards. Like you could still be in that sort of environment. You could be as far away from football as 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 ever. You don't know what's going to happen. But I'd say so. I think when you've been around a team environment and every single day going in and and seeing the lads, um, it, it would be strange for sure. Mm. So, what would you say the goals are for the rest of your career? Um, win as many trophies as I can and contribute contribute as much as I can. Obviously, you want to be on the pitch as much as possible and and help and and feel like you've contributed to the team being successful. So, um, that that's it really. I think the the team we have and the players we have. It's strange times and football's a bit different at this moment, especially you know with with COVID and, and obviously the fans and then you know VAR coming in and mm-hmm. all that nonsense. So, um, <laughs> it, it's, it'd be a shame if we didn't win any more trophies. Oh, you're tickling me. The VAR debate, like, it's so special because overall, like, as a defender, as a concept, I don't hate VAR, but I dislike no. it when I see them bring the lines out and see that someone's, like, hair was just, like, a little bit offside. So it should be banned. Like, lines should be banned. If, if you look at it and it's off or on, you can tell. Yeah. And if you that, need lines, it's onside. Yeah, there have been certain goals which have been taken off where I was looking at and I thought, if I was the defender, I wouldn't be asking for someone to be called offside there, like, never in a million years. So the fact that now someone's being gifted with an offside for something that no one's even seen themselves or would see without the lines, like, it blows your mind. Like, what's the point? I don't think anyone wants to see goals given offside by a toenail or an armpit. No. It's not you, you. You want it where it's the one where the defenders are running out, the attackers running in. Yeah, and there's the, the, they've crossed, and it's a tough one for assistant. Yeah, and it's like he's offered. They've missed a bad one there. That's what for me it's there for. Yeah, for anything sure. else on top of that, if you need lines to see if it's offside or not, it's onside. Yeah, exactly. Back on. Yeah. Um, Back on. So I, I deviated there, but anyway, I wanted to say, like, when your career's all said and done, please, please, please take a picture of all your medals and have it as your profile photo so that should anyone ever want to reach out and talk to you, they need to understand that they're speaking to greatness. Can you do that for me? <laughs> you, you got that? All yeah? right, mate. All right. And, one, and then here's the, <laughs> here's the final thing. I know it's not you. And we can see that you're a northerner, you're dour, you're humble, all that stuff. But just try it just for one, just for one period of time. Just, just so people can right. deal with it. But one final thing then. I need, um, I need a five-a-side team of players that you've played with. Yeah. Right. Um, have to be Ali in there. I think he's, he's pretty ridiculous. Um, everything about him. Um, and you know, played with some good keepers. Hart is obviously right up there as well, and uh, would be a very close second. But Alison, I'll have to um, nick in there. Um, what formation am I going here? He just defines the person now. Let's hear it. Um, oh, five aside as well. Is it? Is it just best players on an eleven aside pitch, or is it players who'd be good in five aside? Players who'd be good in five aside. Yeah, so that's different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, as good as Vinny was and that five aside, he's tripping over his feet. He's getting sent off. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact, yeah. Under, because he's, there's no room for anywhere to go, so he's just lamping people left, that's right, and centre. Yeah. So. That's a fact. Um, Vinny and Verge, you know, it's 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 tough between them, to be honest. Um, oh, right, Woodgate as well. Oh, you're killing me here. Seriously, I'm trying. Um, right, I'll go. I'll go Vinny, and I'll go Verge at the back, two centre halves. Okay, two pillars, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, no one's passing that either. No. And then, you no, know people would be scared of that. People would legitimately be scared of seeing those two there. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so them two. So th- I don't need any fullbacks. So all fullbacks are out, unfortunately for them. <laughs> um, so then it'd be, am I going two two one? A little bit negative. All right, um, just so you're aware, you've played yourself because you're talking about a six aside there. All right, yeah, I'll have to go one defender then. Can't even add a defender. So I'll go one defender, and I'll have to go. I'll have to go Verge, current, current teammate. Sorry, then. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's. I'm sure he'll be okay with that. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go Verge. I'll go midfield. Would have to be David Silva, um, for sure. Unbelievable, wasn't it? And. Uh, Stevie G, probably. Okay. All-round player was a joke. Had everything. Um, striker. Oh, God. Mm. Now you're in trouble. Yeah, I am in big trouble. Um, I would have to say... Do you know what? I'd have to... Shit, obviously, time leading goal scorer in the Premier League, but five aside. Yeah, it's not. I wouldn't put him down for that. I'm sure. I'm not sure it's his game. So I'd have to say probably uh, through goal scored, Sergio. Not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's tough. And you know, like you look at our front three now at Liverpool, and they're all incredible. So um, ask me again in a few more years, and <laughs> might have a different answer. But maybe, um, maybe. It's tough, and it. I've been lucky, very lucky. So it's it's very hard to when someone says five aside. What chance have you got? Listen, you've you've not been lucky. They've been lucky to play with you, Paul. <laughs> um, so that game then, which which is going to be your favourite stadium? If you could pick a venue to play, if you could pick a venue to play the game, um, I've always liked the New Camp. Oh God, not had not had. Um, Always had the best games there. <clears throat> You've been caught on video um, there once. Say again? You've been caught on video there once, in a viral clip or whatever. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's I, I wasn't the first player to get be megged by that guy, and I won't be the last for sure. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's a disgrace, isn't he? What Listen, a player. So. Uh, millions of people would happily have swapped positions with you to be nutmegged by Lionel Messi at the new camp. It, you've played with me as well yeah. it's not hard to make me like I stand there with my legs short and with that bow legs you can stick it through anyway so it's not really an achievement to be honest uh, it looked nice though it did look the part ah yeah it's ridiculous yeah but um, it's, I think the slip just added to it made it even better but yeah just like I say I never that bothered about it. if someone megs me and scores yeah well, I'll be happy but yeah. getting megged like, I've been megged that many times it doesn't really 
You know, like some yeah. people like devo by it. Yeah. It's like more a uh, street skills and like yeah. uh, people with ability sort of worry about that. Whereas for me, it's like yeah. it is what it is. Huh? Um, I'm not All right. So, which who which manager would you choose to manage that five side team? Like, which has been your favorite through your career? Yeah. Um, again, tough. Like people like Tovan, I would have given him a debut and, and such a long time ago. I have that confidence to do that and. And Martin O'Neill moved me in the middle. Um, but, you know, Brendan was good when he started. I'd have to say uh, Jürgen Klopp. Um, you know, what he's done since he's been at Liverpool. Um, get on with him the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a great guy as well off the field. You know, the support that he's given to the foundation and stuff like that. Yeah, um, for sure, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's a good person as well, you know, so... Um, but as a manager, fantastic. Knows when to absolutely go mental, and and you know sometimes you expect a rocket, and he goes the other way, and he, he knows when to go softer at half time and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, it'd have to be Gaffer. And which one of your rivals would you like to to beat in that game? Um, what managers or, or team? Teams, yeah. United, done it. Always United. Because oh, you're, cause you're Leeds and you play for City and all that. Yes. Leeds, City, Liverpool. Yeah, just. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You've gone, for the, you've gone for the three, haven't you? You've gone for the three yeah. teams that hate Man United the most. Very impressive. Yeah, just hat trick. <laughs> yeah, just it was in me from a very early age, and that, that was it, yeah. No, I love it. But anyway, that's that's it now. So I would say thank you. And I know you're not even close to being done yet. So I'm looking forward to seeing what lies ahead for you. And I'm also Touch glad. Wood, yeah. yeah, I'm also glad because it doesn't involve me attempting to chase you down at all. Because as I said, <laughs> like I said at the very Throwing beginning, me into a fence like you used to do. Mate, like, listen, get off. Listen, nah, those days are gone for Doggish me. Doggish man ever. Those days are gone for me, mate. I'm washed now. <laughs> but I see history suggests when I do come up against you, it tends not to go too well. So, like I say, I'm happy I can do it from a distance. So, thank you very much, mate. And it was an absolute pleasure and an honour to speak with greatness. Top man, cheers, mate. All right, cool, mate. All right, love to the family, yeah. Yeah, I knew Paul. Great to speak to you. I'll see you in 2021 because I'm back. Love it. Yeah, give us a shout. Yeah, for sure. Look forward to it, man. Take it Come easy. Man. Cheers, bit. mate. Bye. Good to speak. So there you have it. Hope you got a feel for what Millie is actually like rather than how he's portrayed on some of those parody accounts you find there on social media. He's a very good guy, a very good player, and works exceptionally hard. And as such, I think he's deserving of every success he's had so far. And hopefully, there'll be more to come. And now to close, let me say thanks again for all your support in 2020. Thank you to producer Ryan, whom I will miss very much when I return back home. And thank you to Mountaineer Studios for allowing me the opportunity to record in this incredible space. Honestly, it's been a blast. So be safe, stay tuned, and happy Christmas to you all.